Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Searcy Sports Show. I am your host, Nelson Searcy, and I believe that a few words can change your day and your life. Whatever platform you are listening on today and wherever you may be listening, I hope you are having a fantastic day, and I am so excited to get right into today's show. I just got back from a business meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, and man, I am ramped up and ready to go. I'm motivated. I'm confident. I learned a lot, um, and I'm really excited to get on with today's show. So without further ado, let's get into today's Searcy Storylines, three stories that are in the current sports world that are catching my eye. Our first story of the day comes from the NBA, and it is about the Utah Jazz. Um, The last few years, the Utah Jazz have kind of got the reputation of good in the regular season and not so good in the postseason, and I would like to see that change this year, especially with how they're playing right now, and to see if they can lead that momentum throughout the rest of the season and going into the postseason, assuming that they make the playoffs, and I very much believe that they will make the playoffs and could very well be a contender the Utah Jazz are currently sitting at a record of 15-5, and five, tied with the Los Angeles Clippers for the top record in the Western Conference. And the outlook of the team going into the season was not much different than it has been in the past couple of seasons. They have similar similar lineup of Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly leading the guard play, Rudy Gobert protecting the paint down low, and role players such as Joe Ingles and Royce O'Neal helping put the whole piece of the puzzle together. Now, I really enjoy watching them play basketball because of the structure that Quinn Snyder has built to slow the game down, have everyone play their role, and everyone play their role confidently and well. Slow-paced basketball may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but it works. And the one question that I have had for the Jazz the last couple of seasons is, can they be explosive when the time matters, when the time comes? And Donovan Mitchell has proved to be a clutch and explosive player. Uh, Mike Conley, even in his 30s, is still a very explosive and impactful player. Jordan Clarkson provides a great spark from that six-man role off the bench for Utah as well. And I feel like they really do have the pieces and the structure built under Quinn Snyder to go a long ways this season in becoming a contender. Now they actually just have to execute it now once they get to the playoffs. And I'm really excited to see how they do that. Our second story of the day comes from the MLB, and it is a story that some of my listeners have reached out already to hear my opinions on, is the blockbuster trade for the St. Louis Cardinals acquiring Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies in exchange for some prospects such as Austin Gomber, John Torres, and others, maybe even Jake Woodford. The outlook of that, to me, is completely pro-St. Louis. I mean, Arenado is one of the greatest players that we have in the game right now. Um, great defensively and offensively. Um, he He's just been very consistently great for the last handful of years in the MLB. And for Colorado to give that up and have to eat a lot of money, you know, around $50 million to get that up, to get rid of that and not even get some of the Cardinals, you know, top prospects in return is, is interesting to say the least. Um, we will see how it works out. Um, but I, you know, St. Louis should get Arenado for six years. Um, that is the rest of the contract for Arenado. Um, 
And as far as the Cardinals' outlook with Arnado in their lineup, um, you would have to think that the Cardinals would be a, a high favorite now to win the National League pennant. Um, and they are definitely a World Series contender. Um, they're, they weren't far away last year, in my opinion, and this not you know this only makes them much better by adding one of the greatest players that we currently have in the game of baseball. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how the Cardinals work and how Arnado plays in St. Louis. There have been rumors connecting him there for quite some time, a few years now. So that has come to fruition, and we will see what happens. And good luck to St. Louis and Colorado in their new futures. And the third storyline comes from the NFL, and it is another trade that shook the sports world this weekend. Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for Jared Goff, a third-round pick in 2021, a first-round pick in 2022, and 2023. And an interesting nugget that I found about this trade via ESPN is that it is the first time since the common draft era began in 1967 that two former number one overall picks have been exchanged for each other. Um, very interesting. So Matthew Stafford has is, is in his early 30s now, and Jared Goff is still pretty young. This will be his fifth year in the league. And both have a lot to offer for both teams, but I think at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford really expands the ability of the Rams offense. I think that Sean McVay will be able to design a lot for Matthew Stafford and the rest of his offense in terms of expanding the field. Um, he definitely has a, a strong arm, much stronger than Goff's, and accurate at that as well in those deep throws and those aggressive throws. I think that the Rams offense will, will be able to be more aggressive in that way on the ground and in the air. Um, Matthew Stafford has never really had a run game. Um, Detroit has really struggled with that throughout Matthew Stafford's career there. And I think that with um, young guys like Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers in the backfield for the Rams as well, that will add a nice piece to the puzzle for that team. And, man, they could be really exciting. That whole NFC West division next year could be really, really, really exciting. Um, the Seahawks are always exciting with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Pete Carroll's a great coach. The 49ers, is, if, as long as they can get healthy and maintain that health and get you know quality quarterback play from whoever it may be, I think they have a real chance to be successful. Arizona showed a lot of promise this year with Kyler Murray behind center. And now the Rams just adding to their arsenal of players. And that division will be very competitive. But I, I think that right now it really does make the Rams the favorite in that division for me until – we really see you know more things happen in the offseason. Um, as far as the Detroit Lions' outlook, they do get some draft capital. They really need to build on their defense. Their defense really struggled this past year. And the offense, I think, will be uh, – it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be different now that Goff is there. Um, but I, I think it'll be fine. Um, but the Lions do have some rebuilding to do before they're really ready to win, in my opinion. The – the Lions need to draft well, especially with those two first-round picks that they got over the next couple of years. And they, they have lots of time to develop Goff. I think that he'll work well um, in Detroit, actually. Um, Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell, that some of the new coaches that are on the staff in Detroit, do Staley as well. I think that they'll put together a pretty good game plan for Jared Goff, and, and he will be relatively successful there. But I'm not sure if that team is in the position to win. 
although the Rams are definitely in that position and they've bolstered their opportunity to win, especially now after acquiring Matthew Stafford. As always, I like to take a quick moment to remind everyone to take care of yourselves this week as you maneuver through life, whether it is physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, whatever it may be. Just make sure you are doing, taking the right steps to just take care of yourself in the ways that you need to be taken care of and to look out for others along the way and just be supportive for everyone and everything in your life right now. Now, in moving on to the question of the week, I got many responses, but there was one question that was asked multiple times, actually, and it is about this week's upcoming Super Bowl between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll get into my prediction of that in a minute, Um, but the question that I received multiple times this week was regarding the lethalness of the Chiefs offense versus Tampa Bay's defense. And the question is basically how can Tampa Bay stop Kansas City's offense or try to stop them? Now, what many teams have learned is that the Chiefs are going to get their yards, they're going to get their points no matter what, but what can you do to affect them? Now, I think a big piece of this is that Eric Fisher, the starting left tackle for the Chiefs is out for the Super Bowl. So knowing that and the strength of the Buccaneers defense being their defensive line, I would pound the left side of the offensive line, send some blitzes. A lot of teams like to play deep coverage just because of the speed threats of the Chiefs, such as Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, etc. But I think that an extra rusher, especially on that left side of the offensive line, could be very, very beneficial for Tampa Bay this week. You have to rattle Mahomes because if he has all day, he will score all day. And Tampa Bay knows that. Todd Bowles is a very capable defensive coordinator and a smart mind in the league. And I have no doubt that they will be putting pressure on the left side of that line. As far as linebacking core and secondary, they have to A, pay attention to the run and be committed whenever they see it happening and just rush the ball, rush the ball, rush the ball. And then secondly, when they get into situations where guys aren't going to run deep, which is going to be a lot of routes, at least for one guy, if not multiple at the same time in, in similar plays, similar designs, the Buccaneers have to be ready for anything to get dropped over the top of their head. So safeties need to play deep and they need to play smart. They need to cover a big part of the field and the linebackers have to be willing to be physical with Travis Kelsey. That is a huge piece because Travis Kelsey is a big guy and he will push you around over the middle of the field. The chiefs just have so many ways to get through the defense, whether it is aggression through the middle of the field with Travis Kelsey, it's, the deep ball getting thrown over the top by or to Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, anybody who is, you know has the ability to burn burn somebody else, and the defensive line has to be willing to attack and rush, especially that left side of the line. So they have to be aggressive, they have to be strong, and they have to be smart the entire game. They cannot let down in effort and in design. And it's, it's a really tough task, obviously, to stop the Chiefs' offense. But I think that it is possible to slow them down. And if they can slow them down enough and Tom Brady has a good game on offense, I think they do have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Now getting into my prediction for Super Bowl 55 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Tampa Bay does get a home game, the first team to play in their home stadium in Super Bowl history, and I think that could play a factor, and it is definitely an advantage for Tampa Bay. However, Kansas City has been playing amazing all year, and they have not slowed down one bit. Tampa Bay had a very opportunistic and successful NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, and they're going to need to continue to take advantage of those opportunities, such as scoring in you know in the two minutes and under in both halves. They need to be clutch. They need to be sharp. They need to be strong on both sides of the ball. Um, Tom Brady cannot afford to throw three interceptions in this game. He can't afford probably more than one turnover if they really want to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. As I just noticed about the Tampa Bay defense trying to contain the Chiefs, that is all they'll be able to do, in my opinion, is they will be able to contain, and it'll be it's 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 tough to stop. It's it's really tough to stop. So with them knowing that, if Tampa Bay can hold the Chiefs to 24 to 28 points, I think they have a decent chance of winning this game. But at the end of the day. I do believe that this Chiefs offense has the ability to win them many championships, many games. And in this game, I think that the Chiefs offense will be enough to carry them to victory. I have the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of 31-27 to in Super Bowl 55. And with that, that concludes today's episode of the Searcy Sports Show. I thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget that you can find the Seriously Sports Show on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'd love for you to interact with the show, send me your questions, send me your opinions. And you can find the show on the platforms of YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to listen at any time. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been your host, Nelson Searcy, signing off.